Hey everybody, welcome to Encuentro. Uh, today is the uh, memorial of the Queenship of, uh, of Mary. Uh, the episode today though uh, is going to be on yesterday's uh, gospel reading. You know, it, was, uh, it was an amazing day yesterday, it was Sunday. Uh, I had the opportunity to celebrate uh, several masses in uh, some of the areas here in the parish also here at the the parish church itself and it's been a tremendous tremendous grace so far over the last couple of weeks that i've been uh, allowed to and given the opportunity to minister to people and uh for me personally you know it, it's it's been amazing uh the grace of god you know god's blessings have have just flowed tremendously i, I certainly hope i've been a, a blessing to the people i minister to but that that's up to the lord um, so the gospel reading for yesterday is what we'll be using for today's reflection. And uh, the gospel reading for today, I'll have to post sometime later. Let's begin, as we always do, with the prayer of St. Francis. I just realized a few days ago that uh, doing my podcasts uh, in, in Tagalog is not quite helpful uh, simply because I have uh, listeners who who are from other countries. And so uh, unless I do a, a podcast or an episode in both uh, Tagalog and English, it's not going to be possible for them to understand. My homilies, of course, here at the parish are, are all in Tagalog, even in the English masses. Um, but if I post Tagalog homilies, uh, a lot of people won't be able to follow I could eventually, if I find the time, uh, do them both, you know, in English and Tagalog. Let's, let's hope that uh, I can do that eventually. But for now, I'd like to uh, concentrate <coughs> on uh, doing podcasts in English. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys understand uh, the, the situation. And uh, I'm very grateful for, for you guys continuing to follow. I certainly hope that... You know, the, the Lord uh, is able to use these podcasts, uh, you know, to to assist you and uh, to give you His grace and, and His blessing. Um, let's begin with the prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled, but to console, not so much to be understood, but to understand, not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Well, like I said, the reading from yesterday, the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, uh, is what we'll be using for today. And there, there is a reason for that. I didn't want this podcast episode to simply be about, you know, the gospel reading itself. But, but something about something that I always, you know, I've always taught my students. Something that was taught me as well, you know, by some very good professors and teachers back when I was a student. 
So the gospel passage is taken from Luke chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then you will stand outside knocking and say, Lord, open the door for us. But he will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, but we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. I've always been fascinated by by that line. You know, this is a story that uh, it's not an original. I've heard it from uh, priest friends of mine, so I'm kind of borrowing it. But it's a, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, there's this... A man who's uh, tending to his garden, and as the story goes, he sees a uh, a cocoon hanging from uh, the branch of uh, one of the smaller trees in his garden. And as he was observing this rather large cocoon, he noticed that at the bottom a, a hole was starting to form and there was movement. So obviously the butterfly was just about ready to emerge and and it's and it, he, he started seeing you know i guess what looked like a part of the butterfly emerging from the cocoon coming out of the hole and he was kind of observing this phenomenon this event uh, very closely uh, and he noticed that the, the butterfly was having such a rough time trying to pass through that small hole that he was obviously making himself in order to emerge from the cocoon. And so this man, <clears throat> out of pity or charity, you know, wanting to help, decided that he was precisely going to do that. He was going to help. So he went back to the house and got a small pair of scissors. The idea was, his idea was to enlarge the hole so that the butterfly could, could emerge much more easily from the cocoon. So he went inside the house, went back out, and very, very carefully uh, tried to make the hole at the bottom of the cocoon uh, larger. And finally, you know, he was able to create a big enough hole for the butterfly to actually emerge and, and come out. And so he was expecting this magnificent creature to spread its wings and fly away you know but instead of that the butterfly fell to the ground and it started hopping it looked more like a, a disheveled little creature uh, the, the wings were you know they didn't exactly expand uh, they kind of looked tattered as a matter of fact and it was hopping on the ground. And so he was scratching his head. He's like, oh, 
wonder what happened. I mean, I tried to help the little guy, and now he can't seem to fly. Well, the thing is, you see, at the bottom of the cocoon, there's some liquids, you know, that are supposed to uh, sort of lubricate, if you will, the, the wings. They are supposed to spread throughout the wings and the body of the butterfly that's about to emerge. And the, the more the butterfly squeezes through that very tight opening, that narrow gate, if you will, you know, the more it struggles, the more that liquid that uh, is supposed to help it fly gets spread throughout its body and throughout its wings, such that when it finally does emerge from uh, that little hole, it is healthy, it spreads its wings, and it flies. It's sad because the man's desire to help the butterfly, to assist it, by making its emergence from the hole a lot easier is precisely what prevented the butterfly from fully emerging. And unfortunately, that condemned the little creature to a life whereby it will not most likely ever be able not only to fly but to be as beautiful as other butterflies. You know, at one point there was a a very kind and uh, loving elderly uh, lady who came up to me and she wanted help. This was years ago. And she said, Father, I, I really need your help. I said, well, what can I do for you? And she says, you see, uh, I have a, a son in, my, in his early 40s. You know, he's, he's the only child. And um, he was provided everything uh, that he needed. You know, we, we loved him. We love him dearly. Uh, his father worked hard. I worked hard to provide everything that he needed and he finished college and he worked but he would work for a couple of months or a year or two and, and then he would stop working. He still lives with us. He used to date but he hasn't lately. And we thought he was going to get married at one point and finally have a family of his own and, and, and leave the house. But we love him dearly, she said, and we don't mind him living with us. He has his own room. That's been his room throughout his life. It's been expanded. Um, he recently borrowed money from us to, to buy a, a really expensive uh, computer and you know, we lent him the money. But we're worried because we're getting old. And we don't know if he's going to ever uh, be able to stand on his own two feet and create a life of his own. And so I was wondering, she said, if, if you could talk to him. And I said, well, you know, 
sure, I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to talk to your son. Um, but talking to him, you know, one time, is really not going to help if throughout his life, up to this point, and maybe even afterwards, uh, you guys are always going to be there, you know, to kind of pick up the pieces for him. And, you know, people, you know, you, you guys are going to be those that he's going to run back to whenever he messes up at his job or leaves the job or quits the job. You know, anyway, mom and dad are going to be there. Uh, I know you love him, I said. But at the same time, you have to allow him to experience the difficulties of life on his own. And your love for him should not, you know, what it shouldn't do is for you to run immediately, you know, to help him when he stumbles. He's got to do it on his own. He's got to do it on his own. So I did talk to that young man. Actually, he wasn't, wasn't that young. He was in his 40s. Um... I talked to him several times, actually. And then we lost contact. I was just reminded of him as I was reflecting and preparing for uh, the homilies for yesterday's masses. You know? The love that his parents had for him, their desire to actually always be there for him. It's kind of sad that it was precisely that uh, that prevented him and continued to prevent him from you know creating a life of, for his for himself and that's sometimes what happens you know when we're always there uh, to support people because at some point, it ceases to become support, you know? It becomes, it becomes an act of enabling. And those that we support, precisely because we love them, okay, aren't helped, you know, when each time they fall, instead of picking up the pieces uh, on their own, uh, standing up and, um, and starting all over and, and learning from their mistakes... Uh, we are there to kind of always provide that uh, that fallback position. At some point, the challenges, the difficulties, the pains, the heartaches, the headaches of life do become necessary for the sake of growth. You know, even in even in uh, working out, uh, the muscles have to somehow be stressed and uh, experience those micro tears in order for there to be growth. Uh, when we become so used to a particular uh, exercise, for example, a particular uh, routine, the muscles cease to respond. They cease to grow. Uh, they plateau. You know, they enter into, for lack of a better phrase, a, their own comfort zone. And they will cease growing, okay? And so at some point, you got to vary your workout routine. And sometimes they, you know, they even call it muscle confusion. You got to confuse the muscles so they can react 
difficulty is an important ingredient in growth, in change, in improvement. I know these uh, two men, I've known them for years, and one of them I knew when he was still a uh, working student, you know, he, he worked his way through college, came from a poor family, um, so, you know, he, he had to work really hard in order to support himself, his education, <clears throat> but also to, to help, you know, his poor family, help his siblings. They were also going through uh, high school, I believe, and one was in grade school. So they were in school themselves, trying to help his parents, trying to help his siblings. And meanwhile, he was also trying to, uh, to support himself, uh, to support his studies. Long story short, uh, he eventually graduated, you know, he became an engineer. And uh, I was so happy for him. Eventually, he managed to land a, a really high-paying job. You know, uh, raised a family of his own, was able to help his siblings, you know, finish school, assist his parents. And he is now a successful uh, and a happily married uh, man. And this guy didn't have things easy. Meanwhile, there's another man that I know. They're more or less the same age. This guy came from a pretty good family yeah? uh, they were well off uh, his parents provided everything for him he had several siblings but you know the, the parents supported all of them through school through college and and he obtained his degree he never took the licensing exam you know he was also an engineer um didn't use his education uh, to create a life for his own. He just basically lived with his parents and uh, lived off of uh, their support and their kindness and their generosity. Each time I talk to the parents and, you know, I try to tell them, hey, you know, are you not going to assist this? This person and convince him to, you know, to leave the, the nest and uh, create a life of his own. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you know, he's got a college degree. Uh, he could be earning a lot of money for himself and, and creating a life and, and, and you know, and uh, building a family of his own. But, you know, the parents will always say, well, you know, he's a late bloomer and we really want him to feel supported and... We don't want him to feel that we're driving him away. And so he was never able to leave the nest. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh, the last that I heard, he's still living with his parents. Never uh, stayed long enough in a job. Never got married. Uh, and lives at home. That's kind of sad. Kind of reminds me of those talents that the Lord had given and were simply buried under, you know, buried in the ground. Seek to enter through the narrow gate. You know, 
the challenges and difficulties that we experience in life are not meant to tear us down or, 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 uh, or ruin us. God allows us to go through them precisely because He wants to build. Oh, by the way, all that noise in the background is the psycho jungle cat, you know, Bruno, my cat, and he's just roaming around the room uh, doing crazy stuff. So don't mind him. Um, but again, you know, the difficulties we go through in life, the challenges, the hurdles, they, they're, they're meant to, to make us strong, you know, to provide us with, with, with a backbone, with, uh, you know, with, 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 uh, uh, with a backbone of steel. They're meant to strengthen our feeble knees. When we run away from them, when we shy away from them, when we, when we see them, you know, as, as things that we go through in order to, you know, to rip us to shreds and, 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 and make our life miserable and difficult. We, we fail to understand what they're for. You know, the, the second reading from yesterday uh, made it very clear. God chastises those whom he loves. You know, the Lord allows for these difficulties to be experienced by, by ourselves in order to forge, to build, to create, okay, that man or woman that he truly wants us to be. Challenge is the way of nature. Difficulty is the way of nature, and it is the way of growth. Trees that are pruned, you know, uh, grow even more. You know, no growth has ever come out of staying in our comfort zones. You know, when I look back at uh, my life as a student, the teachers, the professors that have made the most impact, the most significant impact on my life, the ones that have truly allowed me and challenged me to grow and have contributed to my growth as a person, okay, as a Christian, as a man, as a seminarian, and later on as a priest, have never been those professors who made things easy for me. Mind you, they're also not the ones who made things impossible. We're talking middle ground here, not extremes, you know? But, but they've never been the professors who have, who have spoon-fed me, you know? Who have made life in school so comfortable that I don't have to exert effort anymore. You know, I, have to, I don't have to struggle Okay. Rather, it's, it has always been the teachers and the professors who were tough okay, and who made me work so hard. These are the ones that have contributed the most to my growth as a person. And they are the ones uh, to whom I would be, I, I am, Eternally grateful. Seek to enter through the narrow gate. Okay? That narrow gate is the challenges, the difficulties, 
you know, the headaches, the heartaches that we experience in life. And they're not meant to break us. They're meant to build us up, to make us stronger, to make us more resilient and better able to face the challenges and the hurdles of life. What we do need to keep in mind is that no matter what happens, okay, the Lord will always be by our side. Why? Because he went through it himself. You know, as the letter to the Hebrews reminds us, he isn't unable to feel what we feel because he went through what we are going through. He went before us. And so, he won't only show us the way, he is the way. <laughs>